Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, everyone. It's been wonderful to be in the service of worship thus far. Praise the name of the Lord. God has definitely been good to us this morning in, in worship. That the power of the Lord has been so mighty. And Sister Wanda just holding nothing back whatsoever. She just turned loose and let it go. Praise the Lord. And she was here uh, yesterday evening. And, you know, you could tell she just felt kind of tired and weak a little bit uh, last night. She like she... Uh, She'd probably been better off at home resting, really, but she come to to be with us in fellowship, and it was wonderful. And back this morning, and you can't tell that she's tired a bit. So something's real in her life. Something or someone is real in her life. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank the Lord. We know it's real. Praise the Lord. All righty. This morning, I want to draw our attention to the book of Philippians, chapter 3 and verse 17 for our opening text. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 17 that we're going to read opening this morning. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. God is good. And all the time, praise the Lord. Reads like this as, Brethren, join in following my example and note those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. Brethren, join in following my example and note those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. These are words of Apostle Paul here uh, given this morning. We're open for a text. And if we can connect the dots this morning, I'd like to talk to you this morning a little bit on a thermostat. If we can connect those dots in a way and that, using that scripture text, uh, was, uh, as Apostle Paul was saying, Note those, follow my example and know those who walk as you have us for a pattern. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we thank you for the service thus far. Lord, we just give you praise and glory what you've done. And Lord, we know you have the word to go forth, Lord, and use me as you see fit. I know I do have a word from you, O Lord. And Lord, I just humble myself that it may go forth as you desire, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Let the church say, Amen. You can be seated. So I want to talk to you this morning about a thermostat, and I don't know if uh, how many may remember, just been a couple months ago in August, the Energy Star uh, rating part of the uh, federal government, they had the, uh, the EPA division, they uh, sent out a report that thermostats should be set at 78 degrees for optimum comfort and savings while you're in your home. And while you're away from home, it should be said at 85 degrees, and while you're sleeping at 82 degrees. Does anyone remember that study report? Nobody ever heard anything about that? Wow, it, it created a firestorm on uh, some of the talk radio that I listened to, and then I uh, had read where it did on social media as well, just something that just kind of makes people scratch their head. Because when you think about it, uh, and, and you, ju- you think at just right now, is, is your thermostat at home even set on... Uh, 85 degrees while you're away most likely not you know and the thinking obviously is is just if it's set so high it won't turn on so it'll save you money but and even though it said that uh that it's optimum comfort 
I, I seriously doubt that you're going to be burning up, <laughs> especially in overnight when you're trying to sleep. A lot of times uh, you can't sleep in the evening and you're too hot. You need, it, you need it cranked down. You need to be cool so you can be comfortable as you're sleeping. But that was something that came out just a couple months ago that I just I wanted to share with you. And you know, some people are a thermometer. And there's others that are a thermostat. A thermometer itself doesn't change anything. It modifies itself based on the surroundings. And that's the way a lot of people are. They're more of a thermometer. Based on their surroundings, their mood and attitude can change, fluctuate, and just go up and down, up and down, based on who they're around, where they're at. But there's other folks who act as more of a thermostat. It, thermostats create change. You know, we can uh, we have the thermostats on the back wall there. If we want to create a change in this uh, auditorium this morning, we can go change it uh, to be cooler or hotter. It, it'll create that change to our comfort level. Uh, but if it was not there and it was just a simple thermometer, our bodies would just adapt to the changes created in, in the auditorium. And uh, this morning in Sunday school, as Brother Douglas was uh, teaching, uh, it, it felt like it kind of went right along with uh, with the message this morning about uh, King Saul and uh, David. You know, King Saul was more like a thermometer. You know, he he was constantly up and down. He uh, his attitude changed, uh, his his demeanor uh, and how he behaved and acted. He would he would get so hot and aggravated that he would throw those javelins. Uh, he threw one at his son. He was talking about. We talked this morning how he threw them at David. He was more of a thermometer. He would he would just change dramatically like that. He couldn't you know you couldn't be controlled. And Brother Douglas even said you know we talked about how he was kind of uh, like bipolar. You know uh, schizophrenic was was mentioned. So he's kind of a thermometer. But David only other hand he was more of a thermostat he controlled himself he he had something in him he as the scripture says he was a man after god's own heart uh he had god on his mind and because of that he was more uh, controlled he was uh there was a couple of times where had he been a thermometer he could have went ahead and killed uh king saul uh, one time he took he took his uh, spear and cut off uh, the edge of his garment, uh, but he said that he w- he was not going to take King Saul's life. He said he should not do, he should not do that for the Lord's anointing. And that was another time that he could have took his life again. But that thermostat, if you will, kicked in, and he did not do that. And he only took the uh, King Saul's spear that he had by his head and a water jug that was laying by there. But he went and pointed it out to him. He let him know what he could have happened, and he he could have well that was so long ago they didn't have thermostats he could have you know that thermostat kicked in and he he didn't do that there was a control there god controlled controlled that and you know, I, I was thinking back also in the Old Testament, uh, Joseph was of the same sort. He was, uh, he was a thermostat, if you will. You know, he, he controlled his demeanor and his behavior, even though his brothers hated him for the dreams that he had had. They did not want to bow down before him. They did, they did not want to have no part in that. It made him so mad, they sought to kill him and take his life and even threw him in a pit. And if it wasn't for Reuben, they probably would have killed him. But Reuben, uh, saw fit for that not to happen. He threw them in the pit. Uh, they ki- they killed a uh, a young uh, goat, I believe it was, and uh, spread the blood on that uh, tunic that he had, and took it back to their father to show him uh, that uh, that Joseph w- was no longer alive and dead, but he was still alive. But even with that, he he come he when he was uh, sold and and taken up out of that pit. 
by, uh, by the Mishalites, I, I think it was, that uh, when he was taken up and went on into Egypt, he went through some more things that, that he was still considered a thermostat, if you will. You know, he, uh, he went to, to where he was uh, at the Potiphar's house, and the Potiphar's wife tried to get Joseph to, to lay with her so many times. It said, the Scripture said day after day after day that she tried to do that, and he, he rebuked that and went against that many times, even up until where he fled and he uh, had accidentally left his garment behind and she had it. Well, then when uh, uh, the Potiphar had come back and heard the story from his wife, he got mad and upset at Joseph and, and threw him into prison. There again, even in the prison, we, we know the story how uh, he became favored in the prison and he was still like a thermostat. He did not let that change. His surroundings change his demeanor, his condition. He still trusted in God. He still held fast to the vision that he had. He didn't know how or why or when, but he knew one day, someday, that that vision that he had was going to come to pass. And it, and it eventually did. He wound up being over uh, governor of the kingdom, uh, and he he was so smart and wise, and 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 uh, acted in a good nature. That uh, later on, the, the other visions that come that he explained it was going to be seven years of famine and seven uh, seven years of good of plenty. Well, they, he was smart enough to figure out to take care of the seven years of plenty to set back so that when the seven years of famine came to pass, like the vision was, that they would have something. And so he just continually acted as a thermostat, controlling itself, not getting overly worked up, not being bothered by it, and just letting it, letting it come to pass. And that, there were some examples uh, that, that come to mind. But uh, this morning what I want to uh, speak on is in the Newer Testament is Apostle Paul. He was like a thermostat as well. In all of his Apostle Paul situations that he went through, uh, he was stoned and left for dead. He was beaten, shipwrecked, and even some Jews uh, wanted to take, uh, took a vow, excuse me, they took a vow uh, to take his, that they would not eat or drink until they killed him. That was their ultimate goal. They wanted to kill Apostle Paul. And Apostle Paul, uh, Scripture said that it was his uh, nephew that came and told Apostle Paul about it, and Apostle Paul sent him uh, to the guard, and they explained it to him, and and uh, Apostle Paul was saved from the, from that event taking place. They they got him to safety, and he acted as a thermostat. He did not let these events change him. When he was stoned, he still knew that he that he had a mission. Ever since that day on the road to Damascus, when he uh, saw the great light and he heard the Lord's voice, he knew what his mission was, and he did not let these circumstances change him. He didn't let them affect him. He stayed the course. He stayed the course. Apostle Paul created change. He was not changed by him circumstance. And I wonder how, if we're like that this morning, if we could, like the, our uh, verse uh, that we opened up with said, uh, if you could kind of imitate Paul and you could kind of follow after his uh, his walking and his leadership, how many of us, are we let circumstance change us? Are we a thermometer or are we a thermostat? Do we let these circumstances in our life change us and, and, and make us blow up and get upset or go off a different route that we know is away from God? Or do we know what we have inside of us is a thermostat that Jesus Christ will guide us and direct us in the way that we should go? He is that perfect thermostat. Praise the Lord. There was a time while on his way to Jerusalem the Apostle Paul wanted to talk to the elders of the church in Ephesus. And I want to read to you in part of what he said in Acts 20, verses 22 through 24. And this is what the words of Apostle Paul were 
to, to the elders of the church, says, How I kept back nothing that was helpful, but proclaimed to you and taught you publicly from house to house, testifying to Jews and also to Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. I think I read a couple more that I didn't give them. But here, here we go what you'll see. And see, now I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there. He didn't know what was going to happen. But, but listen to this. Except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that chains and tribulations await me. He knew what was coming. He knew what was prophesied about what was going to happen and going to Jerusalem. But 24 is the kicker. But none of these things move me. Everybody say, move me. None of these things moved Apostle Paul. Is anything in your life, anything that moves you, that changes that, uh, that treats you as a thermometer, or you act as a thermostat and they don't move you? You will not be changed. It does not affect you in any kind of way. So that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. He knew what his mission was. He acted as a thermostat. He was not bothered. He said, it does not move me. In other words, if we could just put in there, he said, I'm not going to change my setting. I'm not going to change my temperature setting. I'm a thermostat for God. He's going to guide me. He's going to direct me. I'm on course for him. I'm not going to act as a thermometer. I'm going to act as a thermostat. Praise the name of the Lord. How could Apostle Paul make such a statement as this? It was as his approach to life that he could do this. He could accept all things knowing God had the plan. He knew God had the plan. Let's look at Jeremiah 29 and 11. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Praise the name of the Lord. And I had this morning, bear with me just a second. If, if we change the scripture text to to, the, to a different version, the, uh, it reads like this. This is where we get the plans. For I know the plans and thoughts I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for peace and well-being and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. That, uh, I, I forgot the, uh, the, the text version that that was, but that was the plan. That's where it comes with the plans that he has for you. He knows the plans. Apostle Paul knew that the God had the plans for him. Jesus has the plans for us today, and we need to know based on his word that he has the plans for us. And he get, it's a future and a hope for us through him. Praise the name of the Lord. Apostle Paul also knew that he could do all things with Jesus by his side. Philippians 4 and 13, a very well uh, scripture. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Very popular scripture. Apostle Paul knew this very well. He knew he was going to be strengthened by God. We are strengthened by Jesus each and every day, and he gives us the strength to face whatever it is we're going to face in, on our job, in our, in our everyday walk, with our family, our friends. It doesn't matter what the situation is. Jesus will give you the strength to get through it. He will give you what you need, and he'll give you the strength in order for him to be the light, in order for him to be the one that shines through it. Amen? Praise the name of the Lord. Apostle Paul also, he had, he had all things 
because salvation from Jesus was enough. And I wonder this morning, is the salvation that we know we have in Jesus, is that enough for us? Do we already understand that and realize that right now? That the salvation that he has given us, it's all we need, it's all that matters, nothing else in this world that matters. You know, we we get up every day, we might have plans to go to work so that we can make some money, so we can go on vacation, so we can have nice things, we can pay our bills and maybe help our family. There's so many... uh, different uh, charitable organizations that we feel good about helping. These things there's nothing wrong with. There's nothing wrong with all. But is is all that what's on the priority list that's really important? Or is that salvation that we know we have in Jesus what is the most important thing? So that no matter what, Apostle Paul was beaten. He was stoned. He was, he was left for dead. But yet when he was in prison, I think somebody even mentioned that this morning, when he was in prison, they just, uh, Paul and Silas just began to sing and give praises and glory to God. And the miraculous Miraculous happened an earthquake, and they were and they, the jailhouse was loose, and they could walk away free because no, he, they were not a thermometer; they were a thermostat. They wasn't changed by their events. They held fast to God. Glory to the name of the Lord. Whoo! Praise the name of the Lord. Is your salvation en- enough to let you know that nothing else matters but that salvation? That is the most important thing to you. This morning, I want to take us to the Book of Romans. Beginning in chapter 6, I wanted us to read what I feel like uh, is some important words here in the book of Romans, chapter 6, beginning at verse 1. Praise the name of the Lord. Talking about salvation. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Well, certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Jesus, into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. This is powerful words. For if we have been united together in likeness of death, everybody's following, right? Amen. Certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Just talking about salvation, what's most important? What's important for you to know that your salvation, just like you when you were baptized and you had that likeness of the death of Christ, that his resurrection that he's already risen and he's alive and he reigns one day we will be in glory with him he has gone to prepare that place for us and he's going to call us home to him one day glory to the name of the lord knowing this that our old man was crucified with him that the body of sin may might be done away with that we should no longer be slaves of sin so we should no longer be slaves of sin we should be so uh so in, enjoyed and delighted that we ha- and we know that we have our salvation and it is there for us and we, nothing of this worldly matters will uh, will affect us. It will change us. We will be a thermostat on our walk with Jesus. We are need to be that thermostat today that it will not move us. It will not change us no matter what comes our way. No matter what comes our way. Let's go on to Romans and 8, chapter 8. And we're beginning at verse 1, read here. And this kind of gives us some direction on when we're considering salvation and what it means to live, uh, have salvation and live according to the word of the Lord. 
There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So you're not condemned anymore if you're in Christ Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. Who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Glory to the name of the Lord. Aren't you thankful for that today? For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. Verse 5, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh. And if we could take that, set their minds, if we, if we could change that, you, you could just be, put yourself in a thermometer position. You, you'd be setting, uh, setting your thermometer where you're just going to rise up and down with the things of the flesh. You let the flesh control your thinking, your mind, what, where you go, where you hang out. Praise the name of the Lord. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. You have to have a a thermostat, if you will, inside you today if you're going to live according to the Spirit. And that thermostat is the Holy Ghost. That thermostat that you need in you to regulate you is the Holy Ghost. That's the only way you can live by the Spirit because that is the Spirit, that Holy Ghost. Verse 6, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life. Do you want life this morning? Do you want to have life and peace, as the Scripture said? Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. Now, verse 8, the last verse here says, So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. I want to please the Lord today, and I want my thermostat set to Jesus setting and automatic where He's going to take over and take control wherever I put myself in, that He's going to well up and He's going to send me a, a signal. He's, he's going to let me know that there's, that there's a place maybe I shouldn't be, there's a place I shouldn't go, uh, and He will guide and direct me. And I want him, my setting to be on Jesus this morning. Living in the flesh with our minds on the things of the flesh will be like being a thermometer. But if we as Christians live according to the Spirit and approach life like Apostle Paul, then we can be like a thermostat and create positive changes in any situation. And I want to give just a couple examples here of some positive changes in any situation. In Christ, we can live in abundance without losing our way. A lot of times folks get, get abundance of wealth in some kind of way and they, and they think that they have need of nothing anymore and they can go away, the off away from the Lord. But I want you to know you can have an abundance and the Lord wants you to have abundance this morning without losing your way. The Lord wants to bless you so you can bless someone else and then you'll be blessed again. It'll be a, just a continuing cycle. In Christ, we can lose our job and be in want and need for food and shelter, but still rejoice. I hear a lot of homeless people talking. They might not have a home. They might not have a car. They might not have a job, but they still speak of God. They still speak of His glory, of His power. They still speak of His protection. You don't have to have all them things to still rejoice for God and what He has done for you. You don't have to have those things. In Christ, 
we can get cancer or some other disease or sickness and become better rather than bitter. A lot of times people get bitter and upset. Why me, Lord? Why did this have to happen to me? But you can become better through that in Christ through that process rather than bitter. There could be someone who's going to get a blessing through you on account of it. God is going to take care of you through every situation. You may not understand it. You don't have to. All you got to do is bless Christ in the process of it, and He will bless you. Praise the name of the Lord God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. In Christ, we can be treated unfairly by family or friends or on our job and still remain a victor, not a victim. A lot of times we do as humans, especially uh, a good example is always work. Sometimes you feel like you are overlooked at work, like you are un, uh, unjustly done. Uh, I can speak an example. At my job, there's, I think it count, there were somewhere around 160 drivers. The number two driver uh, there in Nashville where I work, he runs to Knoxville every day. Well, you would think a man with 30-plus years uh, of seniority in the company would get to just do his run and come back and go home and, you know, have a good afternoon. But a lot of times he'll get back from his line haul run, like say going to Knoxville and come back. They'll put him out in a city to do uh, a city, what we call city swap, just to go out into a customer and swap trailers and come back. Meanwhile, while they let so many other employees just go on home. And he's made comment before about, you know, it kind of just don't seem right. He's, he's of a generation that he's going to work as instructed. He's going to do what he's told. He's a hard worker, and he's, not, he's like a thermostat. He's not going to let circumstance at work change what he's embedded in him. And, there, and I, might, I, I might add, too, that that generation is quickly going to the wayside. Uh, the, some of these generations coming up, not to bash them, but we can learn something from the generations before us about some work ethic. And this man will work his heart out. He will be out there on that dog. He don't, I don't care how bad he's sweating, how bad, how hard he's working. They can all the junior drivers to him can go home. All the dog workers can go home. But if he's expected to stay, he's going to do it. He's not going to let that situation change. As an example of being mistreated on a job, but in Christ, you cannot let that affect you. Bother me, and um, you know that's something that I'm even struggle with myself. You know, not to give any examples, but I, I need to stay in Christ and let let my ther- him as my thermostat guide and direct me, and not let me get uh, hot headed because I can act like a thermometer a whole lot. Uh, I might seem all quiet, quiet and uh, demeanor, and I don't like I don't get mad and upset. I don't know if anybody's had um, the. Uh, have ever noticed me get mad but uh, you might you could ask Michelle maybe sometime you know I can take a lot or I feel like I take a lot and then have you ever seen a feather kind of float down slowly 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 and then it just so ever lightly lands on it not really making effect well I feel like that's what sets me off I get the biggest just something just land just ever so lightly I mean I just blow up I can let, you know, unfortunately, let that thermometer get, you know, get to me instead of being a thermostat. And that's something that if I stay in Christ, he can, he can help me and I can, he can work with me on that if I yield myself to him. I've got to yield myself to him and let, because I want, I want him to shine through me. And I'll, if it's at work, I want those around me to go, what in the world? How, how can you still behave and perform this way? What, you know, what is it that makes you do act this way and behave this way? Just be so calm about it. I mean, the other baby just blow up. I want to remain in Jesus that way. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Jesus is our ultimate thermostat, never changing. Jesus never changes. The word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
but always guiding us forward in faith toward our Heavenly Father. That thermostat that Jesus is inside, that Holy Ghost is inside of us. That's a guiding, it's a guiding beacon for us. He's drawing us, keep wanting to keep us on track, keep us going on a cool level, not, not too hot-headed, uh, doing His work, guiding us to our heavenly reward. He wants to call us to heaven. Praise the name of the Lord. He is calling us toward our Heavenly Father. John 14 and 26, my last scripture that I'm going to read. You can come on back up, Pastor, if you want and uh, get a song ready. This is the last verse that I'm going to leave you with this morning. And it's uh, a very good scripture. We quote it a lot. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. This helper, the Holy Ghost we're talking about, that's that thermostat that we, that we have inside of us. That will, the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in the name of Jesus will teach us and guide us and direct us in all paths and all righteousness. We can be controlled. Our environment may change around us. We may go, we may find ourselves in a situation where we need to, to not, not be because that thermostat may be trying to get us to rise on, rise on up and be a part of it. But we don't need to be. And we know that because of that thermostat of the Holy Ghost inside of us. And this morning, if you don't have that Holy Ghost inside of you this morning, if you don't have that thermostat regulating your life of Jesus, I implore you this morning to come and make amends with the Lord Jesus and let that let the Holy Ghost be that thermostat in your life to guide and direct you and give you peace and calm and tranquility and give you that future hope of those plans that He has for you because Jesus is calling us all toward home. He's calling us all toward heaven and it is it is going to be wonderful that when that day comes and we're all in glory with him amen praise